fun to watch. Honest 15. Respect all, fear none. Into the upper deck. Intensity is not a perfume. Hello, Utah Street. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome in to the Mass and All Access podcast, everybody. Series recaps continuing on with episode number two. I am your friendly neighborhood host, Bobby Blanca, who, of course, you know from the Mass and All Access podcast. The first series recap was a big success, so thank you all so much for tuning in and subscribing to the podcast. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun doing it. I'm looking forward to continue to do these series recaps throughout the course of the 2021 season. Let's keep it going. The Nationals are halfway through their first road trip of the season, and it's no small task, as we've discussed. Three games against the World Series champion Dodgers are in the books. Of course, the 2020 champs celebrated their title and received their rings on their home opening day before taking on the 2019 champs. Let's break it down. The Nats received some reinforcements before Friday's series opener. They reinstated catchers Alex Avila and Jan Gomes, reliever Brad Hand, and infielder Jordy Mercer from the injured list. They also optioned Tress Barrera and Ryan Harper and added them to the taxi squad that they can carry with them on road trips. They optioned Carter Keboom to the alternate training site in Fredericksburg, returned Cody Wilson to the alternate training site, and placed Gerardo Parra, Adrian Sanchez, and TJ McFarland on the taxi squad. None of the guys returning were in the starting lineup, however, Davey Martinez not thinking it was fair to thrust them right into game action after so much time off. Meanwhile, for the Dodgers, Cody Bellinger and Mookie Betts were out of the starting lineup, as I mentioned, uh, could be a possibility in the preview portion of this previous series recap episode. Bellinger went to the IL with a calf injury. Betts is, was considered day-to-day uh, with a lower back issue. In the starting lineup, however, was Joe Ross for the first time in a meaningful game since his spot start in place of Max Scherzer in Game 5 of the 2019 World Series. And Joe was absolutely fantastic. He looked really sharp and efficient with his pitches in this outing. He went five scoreless innings, giving up only two hits and two walks while striking out four on 67 pitches. He was able to use all three of his pitches uh, efficiently, sinker, slider, changeup. He got movement on them. All in all, this was a great ball game to watch. It's a, it's a shame that it did not go the Nationals' way and it won nothing lost. The only mistake on the pitching side was from Luis Avilan in the sixth inning, who was replacing Joe Ross. David Martinez wanted to be cautioned with Ross, so he only let Joe go the five innings. Avilan, however, left a second pitch changeup right over the plate for Justin Turner, who hit a solo home run to score the game's only run uh, in the Dodgers' one nothing victory. Turner also had two hits off Joe Ross. Uh, the only hits that Ross allowed, both of them were singles. Uh, but the mistake on the offensive side came in the eighth inning on the base paths with former national Blake Trinan pitching for L.A. Pinch hitter Yadiel Hernandez hit a ground rule double to start off the inning leading off and Victor Robles moved him over to third base with a beautiful bunt down the third base line and reached first base for a single. Uh, runners on the corner, no outs, down by one in the eighth inning, but Robles was immediately caught stealing at second. Then Trey Turner followed with a swinging strikeout, and Ryan Zimmerman grounded into a force out after Juan Soto was intentionally walked, stranding Yadiel Hernandez 90 feet away from tying the game. After the game, David Martinez saying that obviously can't happen, and they'll work with Victor Robles on that situation and on the decision that Victor had to try to go steal second base. Yeah, no, he... he uh ran on, on his own, um, not a very good play in that situation. We got two, three, four up, no outs. Um, you know, he, you know, we talked to him about the times with training, training is pretty quick to home. 
you know, should just stay put, you know, but once again, you know, um, for me, you know, that's just a young, a young baseball player trying to be overly aggressive. Uh, but he's got to be, he's got to be smart in that. And, and that's something that, you know, we got to teach him along the way, especially when he's leading off, you know, and he's got all those hitters behind him. It wasn't all Robles' fault, though. The Nationals doubled up the Dodgers in hits by a count of eight to four, but went one for five with runners in scoring position and left seven runners on base. Checking out the rest of the box score, Walker Bueller earned his first victory of the season for the Dodgers. Luis Avilan took the loss and Corey Nebel took the save for L.A. Soto had two hots. Uh, two hits, excuse me, and the intentional walk. Zimmerman continued his hot start with a hit. Jonathan Lucroy added two hits of his own. And Wander Suero and Sam Clay put up zeros out of the bullpen. Game two on Saturday. Before this game, the Nationals made some more roster moves. They reinstated Petr- Patrick Corbin from the injured list. They optioned Kyle McGowan and added him to the taxi squad and returned Adrian Sanchez to the alternate training site in Fredericksburg. Patrick Corbin made his first start of the season, but it did not go as well as Joe Ross's. Corbin once again ran into trouble at Dodger Stadium, giving up six runs on six hits and three walks over four in the third innings. He also struck out five, uh, a little bit of a plus side there, got a handful of strikeouts. The Dodgers put up five runs on Corbin in the second inning alone, including a two-out, two-run shot by Chris Taylor. Corbin struggled with location throughout this start on his 80 pitches, uh, which is kind of to be expected after his time off. The walks were certainly an issue uh, that contributed to uh, the big second inning for the Dodgers. Uh, Corbin ended up with the loss to Julio Urias's win after the 9-5 final going to L.A. for Game 2. On the plus side, the Nats offense woke up a bit in this game. It was back; They were backed by a strong game from Juan Soto, who went 2-for-5 with three runs scored and three RBIs. His two hits, his first two home runs of the season. Fastball, Soto rips it. See you later. About a third of the way up the pavilion, and Juan Soto has his first of the year. And Soto laces one to right. See you later. And it's a nine to five ball game on one second of the night and the year. You called it. He was locked in at all that bat. That second home run from Soto coming right after he fouled a foul ball, a foul ball off his right foot, uh, and was kind of slowed to go around the bases, uh, jogging a little bit slowly, uh, looked injury, but uh, he seemed to be okay. Uh, checking out the rest of this box score from Saturday's loss, Ryan Zimmerman continues to crush the ball. He added three hits to put him atop the National League leaderboard at the end of the day with a 471 batting average. Every Nats starter, including Patrick Corbin, got at least a hit in this contest except for left fielder Hernan Perez. Jordy Mercer added three hits. Jan Gomes added two. Perhaps adding to the frustration, however, because the Nats again outhit the Dodgers 15-9 this time in this contest but went Oh, just two for five with runners in scoring position and left nine runners on base. Out of the bullpen, Sam Clay ran into trouble for the first time in his young career. He gave up three runs in the seventh. It was also his first extended outing going one and two-thirds innings. Austin Voth had a scoreless debut, recording two outs in relief of Patrick Corbin. And Kyle Finnegan and Wander Suero put up zeros on the back end. In Sunday's series finale, it was Max Scherzer versus Clayton Kershaw, a pair of Cy Young Award winners, World Series champions, and future Hall of Famers going head-to-head at Dodger Stadium. Speaking of Cy Young, Max Scherzer entered Sunday's start 13 strikeouts shy of tying Cy Young. Yes, that's Cy Young for 22nd on Major League Baseball's all-time strikeout list. This also was the first time since 2007 when Kurt Schilling faced Roger Clemens at two starting pitchers going head-to-head in the same game. 
Uh, each brought in over 2,500 career strikeouts. It was also the first time two starting pitchers were three or more Cy Young awards uh, each face each other since Roger Clemens and Greg Maddox in 2006. Those stats brought to you by Bob and FP on the Masson broadcast. Uh, no home runs allowed in the first inning this time for Scherzer, but the Dodgers struck a first in the second inning after rookie Zach McKinstry struck, scored Max Muncy with a deep fly ball to left center field. Victor Robles had a play on the ball, but it seemed on the broadcast he lost the ball in the sun. David Martinez confirmed that was the case after the game. Max Scherzer's changeup was really working against the Dodgers lefties today. Actually, Max Scherzer's everything was working against the Dodgers today, but particularly against lefties, it was his changeup. He was going outside with it um, against lefties before coming back inside with his four-seam fastball. Uh, he was also really sharp with his slider and cutter at one point, throwing 15 of his 17 sliders and cutters for strikes. He also at one point retired 10 straight Dodgers. He said after the game that he was felt way more comfortable throwing to Jonathan Lucroy, he felt more in sync uh, than his opening day start against the Braves. Trey Turner started the game three for three with two stolen bases. Nats got Turner into scoring position with nobody out in the sixth, but could not get him home. Soto Cade on a perfectly placed slider by Kershaw. Zimmerman grounded out on a first pitch, and Jordy Mercer struck out on another slider. In what would be his last inning of work, Scherzer issued a leadoff walk to Matt Peaty, but got Gavin Lux to line out. Out, line out to Ryan Zimmerman for an unassisted double play at first place. An unbelievably athletic play by Ryan Zimmerman. Change up, up, line drive, double play. Might have been a foul ball when Zimmerman caught it right to the bag. Three unassisted, two down. Fancy footwork. If you missed it, go check out that highlight on Mass and National social media pages. It's a great one. Zimmerman got up to get that ball. Uh, it was a fantastically athletic play after uh, by the first baseman after the game. Max Scherzer joking that uh, he does not get enough credit for his athleticism um, and that he's got some major ups. Scherzer's final line in this one, six innings, three hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts on 90 pitches. Issue was Clayton Kershaw was just a little bit better. He went six innings as well, gave up five hits, no runs, no walks, six strikeouts on 86 pitches. In the seventh inning, Tanner Rainey came on to relieve Max Scherzer. He got a couple of outs, but gave up another two-out, two-run home run, uh, this time to Zach McKinstry, who did all of the damage for the Dodgers on Sunday. Uh, this was the second two, late two-run home run that Tanner Rainey has already surrendered in this young season. Once again, the Nats had an opportunity to change the game in the eighth inning, an inning that was so friendly to them in 2019 and has yet to be so in 2021. Andrew Stevenson and Victor Robles led off with back-to-back -back singles to put two on with no outs in a 3-0 game against Blake Trinan again. But Trey Turner struck out swinging. Juan Soto popped up, uh, popped out after getting ahead 3-0. This time, the green light not working as well as opening day. And Ryan Zimmerman grounded out to end the threat. Brad Hand made his Nationals debut. He went 3-up, three 3-down three with a strikeout on 11 pitches in the 8th inning. But Kenley Jensen came in to retire the side to complete the 3-0 victory for the Dodgers and series sweep uh, a, a celebratory weekend in L.A. for the Dodgers faithful. Uh, the box score, Scherzer fell to 0-1 on the season. Kershaw improved to 2-1, and, and it was a second save for Jansen. Uh, Turner finished 3-4 for four with, a with the two stolen bases. Uh, Soto and Zerman did not reach base this time, but both still sporting very high uh, batting averages and OPSs. Uh, and Castro, Sarling Castro finished the day with two hits. The Nats fell to 1-5 and five on the season, of course, having lost their last five since the opening day walk-off win. 
Uh, they were shut out for the third time in their last four games. They are the only team in the majors to not win more than more than one game uh, so far in the 2021 season. Coming up, the Nats head to St. Louis to take on the Cardinals for the first time since the 2019 NLCS. Let's take a look at the opposite dugout. Meet me in St. Louis. The St. Louis Cardinals are managed by Mike Schilt, who is in his fourth season at the helm of the Redbirds. They are 5-4 and four to start the young season. They finished 38 30 and 28 last year, excuse me. Second in the National League Central behind the Chicago Cubs. They lost to the Padres in that crazy wild card series in three games in San Diego. After having one game one, seven to four, the Cardinals then blew two leads in game two to lose 11 to nine. And then they lost four nothing in game three to end their season. This, of course, is their first meeting against the Nationals in the 2021 season. The Cardinals won the regular season series back in 2019, five to two. But of course, the Nationals got their revenge by sweeping their National League Championship Series matchup en route to the 2019 World Series title. Pitching probables for this three-game series in St. Louis. On Monday, it'll be Eric Fetty versus right-hander John Gant. That'll be at 7.45 p.m. on Masson 2. Tuesday, right-handed pitcher Steven Strasburg versus right-handed pitcher Jack Flaherty. That's going to be a great one. 7.45 p.m. on Masson 2. And then the matinee on uh, Wednesday, April 14th, which happens to be yours truly's birthday. 1 o'clock game, one fifteen game on Masson and MLB Network out of the market. Uh, Joe Ross versus Adam Wainwright. Let's go inside the Cardinals. The Cardinals are just one game above 500 to start the season and entering the series against the Nats. Uh, some viewed them as the favorite in the National League or in the National League Central as well this season. Others weren't so high on them. What we do know, though, is that the Cardinals are always a competitive and play the Nationals tough, except for that one time in the NLCS. Of course, their offseason was highlighted by the acquisition of All-Star, Silver Slugger, Gold Glover, Platinum Glover, third baseman Nolan Arenado. The Cardinals sent four prospects and pitcher Austin Gomber to the Colorado Rockies for Arenado and $50 million to come along with the seven years remaining on the eight-year $260 million contract extension he signed with the Rockies back in February 2019. Looking, uh, Arenado already has two, two home runs in a Cardinals uniform, including a go-ahead two-run shot in their home opener against the Braves at Bush Stadium. He's hitting 333 with a 940 OPS, the two homers and five RBIs already this season. Future Hall of Fame catcher Yadier Molina is showing no signs of slowing down. He leads the team with a 367 average and 260, uh, excuse me, 962 ops. He only has one home run, but he has driven in seven runs. On the flip side, veteran infielder Matt Carpenter hasn't recorded a hit yet in 12 at-bats, though most of those opportunities have come as a pinch hitter. Shortstop Paul DeJong has only three hits on the season, but two of them were home runs, and he's collected four RBIs and six walks. Second baseman Tommy Edmond is hitting 282 with a 744 OPS, and rookie center fielder Dylan Carlson has three home runs to lead the team and nine RBIs so far, so look out for him in the outfield. On the mound, right-handed pitcher John Gant gets the ball to start the series for the Cardinals against Eric Fetty. In his first start of the season, Gant pitched four innings in Miami, giving up just one unearned run, four hits, and three walks while striking out four. He earned a no decision, but the Redbirds did get the win over the Fish. The 28-year-old has faced the Nationals six times in his career, only three times as a starter, though. He's 1-1 with a 4.61 ERA against the Nats and 10-10 with a 4.07 ERA in 59 games, 12 starts at Bush Stadium. 25-year-old phenom Jack Flaherty will make his third start of the season in Tuesday's night game against Steven Strasburg. The Cardinals' opening day starter struggled a bit in his first outing, giving up uh, six runs on six hits, including two home runs against the Reds. 
Luckily, the Cardinals' offense bailed him out uh, in an 11-6 win while taking a no decision. Flaherty was much better in his second start Wednesday against the Marlins. He struck out six over six shutout innings of one-hit ball, but he also issued four walks. He's only faced the Nationals one time in the regular season back in 2018. He pitched five innings of one-run ball while giving up three hits and five walks with five Ks. The one run was a home run by Trey Turner in the top of the first. Tuesday will be Flaherty's first start at Bush Stadium in 2021, but 36th in his career, 37th appearance overall in St. Louis. He posts a 2.78 ERA and 14-11 and record in his home ballpark. Wednesday's matinee starter is a 16-year vet, Adam Wainwright. He, of course, has been with the Cardinals his entire career and will go down as one of the historic franchise's best pitchers ever. He signed a one-year, $8 million deal in January to return to the Cardinals for his 16th season. Wainwright got batted around pretty badly in his first start of the season against the Reds. He gave up six runs and seven hits in just two and two-thirds innings in Cincy, but bounced back in his next start in the Cardinals' home opener against the Brewers. He gave up just one run on five hits uh, while issuing two walks, striking out six in five innings. In his long career, Wainwright has faced the Nationals 17 times in 15 starts. He is 10-4 and four with a 3-10 ERA against the Nationals, including a two-hit complete game shut- shutout. Back in 2014, Wainwright has been around for so long, he actually has an appearance at the old Bush League Stadium on his resume. Uh, meanwhile, in the new edition of the ballpark, he sports a 90-49 record with a 2.84 ERA. When he takes the mound against the Nats on Wednesday, it will be his 200th appearance at Bush Stadium. Out of the bullpen, right-hander pitcher Giovanni Gallegos is 2-0 thanks to five scoreless innings of work in which he has only allowed one hit, issued no walks, and struck out nine. Right-handed pitcher Ryan Helsley has allowed five runs, seven hits, and four and two-thirds innings. He's also issued more walks than strikeouts so far. Uh, Left-handed pitcher Tyler Webb has given up six runs and four hits in four and a thirds innings of work. Left-handed pitcher Andrew Miller has allowed three runs and five hits, two of them home runs in three and two-thirds innings. And in a closing situation, it it does not get easy for the opponent. Right-handed pitcher Alex Reyes has three saves thanks to four and a third scoreless innings and only allowing two hits so far this season. Bush Stadium will be at 32% capacity. That's roughly 15,000 fans in St. Louis for these three games. Uh, for the Nationals and the Cardinals. That wraps up the Nationals' first road trip of 2021, uh, uh, the first half of the 2021 road trip. Uh, They are coming uh, back to face the Diamondbacks on Thursday uh, after this series with the Cardinals. That will be our next episode of uh, uh, the Mass and All Access podcast series recaps that I'll drop Thursday morning after this Cardinals series. We'll have a full recap of the Redbirds and Nationals before we preview the D-backs coming to Nationals Park and the Nationals return to D.C., where there will be a larger fan in, a, in attendance, as, of course, D.C. has announced that uh, the uh, Nats Park can hold, hold up to 25% capacity now, so hopefully we'll see a lot more, about 10,000 fans at Nationals Park, making it sound like 50,000 are there. Hopefully, uh, Max Scherzer got his wish, and uh, uh, many of you will be able to get a chance to go out there and see the Nationals play. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Mass and All Access Podcast. Be sure to follow the podcast and subscribe on Mass and All Access Podcasts, wherever you get them. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or SoundCloud. For more coverage, of course, follow at Massive Nationals on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, and check out the YouTube channel for more video content. Of course, stop by MassInSports.com to see what Mark Zuckerman is writing. Um, I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco on Twitter. Any questions, comments, or concerns about the podcast, feel free to shoot them my way. 
I welcome all kind of criticism and support. I really appreciate everyone tuning in. Again, the next episode will drop Thursday morning, recapping this Cardinal series and previewing the D-backs. Until then, enjoy the games, and we'll talk to you later. Later.